it's a great honor to introduce uh, Peter Irvine to us all this morning, married to Sue for many years, um, a father to Ben and Luke, and, um, and has got some great grandkids who love hanging out with our kids. Um, you've heard that he's got a marketing background, and, and part of that was um, launching McDonald's in Australia, but really coffee is in his veins. So um, before uh, coffee was a household name in Australia, uh, he grew Gloria Jeans to become that household name. And if you remember the late 90s and early 2000s, it wasn't that we had coffee shops on every corner, cafes on every corner like we sort of do now. Um, it really was um, not just developing that brand, but also the whole concept of coffee. Um, he's got two books, uh, Win a Business and Building Your Business, Your People, Your Life. He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Kingdom Momentum. And he's been all about growing the kingdom, growing and funding the kingdom of God for many years as a long-time member of Hillsong. I know that when I listen to him, I hear many inspiring stories about um, winning in business and in life. And uh, you're going to have a great morning this morning as we listen to Peter share from some incredible stories. So um, thank you, Peter, for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Thanks, Matt. Matt. I always love the introductions. So they always sound a lot better than reality. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned to accept them. Uh, in fact, uh, some of the introductions over in America, you think you're actually running their country. Um, <laughs> I don't know where they get the information from. Anyway, that's another story. So in the short time I've got, I just want to talk about how life and business and relationship is a journey, not a destination. Because so often we think we finish university, we've arrived, that we finish school, we've arrived, that we start a business, we've arrived, that we get a job, we've arrived. And that's only the start of the journey and it's going to take many twists and turns. So I just want to share about eight points around some of the things I've learnt on that journey. Mind you, at the end you'll think, oh, well, he's learned eight great things. No, trust me, there's probably about a million of them that I've learned, but I'm trying to isolate the, the uh, key eight. Uh, back in 1972, uh, the Uruguayan rugby football team were flying with their family and officials and their plane crashed in snow-covered mountain. And after about uh, a week, uh, or probably two weeks I think it was, listening every day to the reports on their radio about their rescue, on this particular day after that period of time, only three men were listening to the reports. And they heard that day that the rescue had been called off and they asked what they were going to do one of the guys said well let's get everyone together and we'll tell them oh we don't want to tell them the other two said he and this one guy Nikolai get his last name he said I will do it so they got everyone together and they didn't really know what to expect and he said I've got some great news for you so they really you could see the anticipation he said the rescue's been called off well no one could speak for many minutes as you could imagine and someone shouted out, how can that be good news? And he said, because now we're going to have to find our own way out of here. And the story goes that everyone who survived the crash made it out alive. You see, they're on a journey and we're on a journey and, okay, we've got COVID, you know, 19, we've had global financial crisis, we've had recessions, we have banks who want their money back, we have councils who close streets outside our store, we have people wanting to sue us, the media attack us, and sure, and I've been through a lot of that in the advertising agency and in Blue Jeans. But what I've learned is uh, the hard way is that it's a journey and it's not over till God says it's over. And so often we're ready to give up on our journey. 
relationships, our jobs, our businesses, because something uh, happens on the journey. But we've got to remember God has the plan. Uh, so let me just share um, those eight points. Number one, whose report are you listening to? Every day we get reports from the media, family and friends. And trust me, family and friends don't make great business advisors <laughs> unless they've done it, but they've got a lot of opinions. And in Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 14 in the AM, and in the Amplified Version, it says every day, uh, or it says, I've heard a report from the Lord. So every day we're going to get these reports, but we're also going to get a report from the Lord. So we've got to ask ourselves, who are we going to listen to? And when the last global financial crisis, I think it was about 12 years ago, I heard last week, doesn't seem that long ago, <laughs> um, I had a young business guy uh, come to me and he said, what do I do about this global financial crisis? I said, stop watching the news. And he laughed. But I said, you've got to understand, uh, three months ago I was watching too much news and opinions and it got into my spirit and it started, made me testy and anxious and I, and I had to cut it back. And I said, but the problem is when you cut it back, you've got to replace it with encouraging things. So get some devotionals, um, get some things that are going to build you up, get around people that are going to be positive because we need to hear uh, some encouraging things. So when I was in um, high school year eight, now let me tell you, that's a long time ago. It was about 1961, <laughs> if I can think back that far. And uh, there was no, there wasn't the media uh, you couldn't afford there were newspapers, but where I live, you couldn't afford to buy the newspaper. But at, at high school, there was always word of mouth was terrible. And the kids would uh, sense that you're anxious about something, they would feed it. And there was a rumour going around that you'd wake up in the middle of the night and be the, the Russian peril will be under your bed with a machine gun, you all get shot. Now, it might sound naive, but that was the sort of thing that happened. And when you're naive, that sort of gets in your spirit. But after a few months, I was having a quiet time and I sensed God said to me, it's not over till I say it's over. And a whole peace came over me. And what I realised for that time, that God, this world isn't going to end till God says it's going to end. And I didn't realise that that was not only a word for then, but it was a word ongoing. So when, it, let's fast forward, say, to Gloria Jeans and, Three months after we, yeah, six months after we started, I got home and said to Sue, well, we've lost all our money. This is really not working. And uh, she said, you've got to remember what God's birth is going to make happen. I go, yes, yes, you're right. So the next day I'm out walking in the morning, uh, having prayer time. And I said to God, if you've got a miracle, today's a very good day for one. <laughs> and you know, I didn't get back and the phone rang, but. Things started to evolve the next few days that took it on a journey that God had. Then we get to 2002 that I'll share in a moment. We have a fire. We've got 92 stores open. We have a fire and it burns everything to the ground. But I'm standing in the car park and I'm thinking, well, God, it's not over to you. Says it's over. Going to be interested in your plan now. Uh, and we'll get to that, that, that in a moment. So right through global financial, I've been through a lot of recessions and I had another young guy come to me in the global financial crisis and said, this is the worst recession I've been through. And I said, you're not old enough to have been through many. I've been through a lot and I'm still here. And it was like a wake-up call. You see, we're listening to the wrong people. And in this COVID thing, I don't know how many Christian business people I've had to challenge, listen to the official sources about what's happening. Stop listening to social media and friends. 
because most of the stuff was creating fear and none of it happened anyway. And we've got to listen to the official sources, but we then got to listen to God. Do we think he's in control in our business, in our careers, in our family, in our church or whatever's happening? Now, I've been trying to get um, ministries to go onto social media and dominate it. I said to them, if I could find someone who would contribute 100 grand, would you dominate social media to reach people with the gospel? There's always excuses. We've got other programs. I said, yeah, but most of them aren't working. Why don't you get rid of them? But we don't because they've invented them, (laughs) so they won't get rid of them. So they never got the money. But the beauty of this COVID thing is it's actually driven churches online and the sort of numbers that, that I'm hearing, you know, from Joel Osteen, I think his first service, and, and they were the church in America, very traditional in the sense of not getting out of how they operate. Um, the first week, they had three and a half million people from around the world tuned into their service. I mean, that's not insignificant. Um, Robert Morris, um, they normally have 40-odd thousand at their various campuses. Uh, they had 180,000 people listening in. Uh, Craig Rochelle, I the numbers that actually made decisions that first weekend from their services, um, I, I, I could be wrong, but it's like 18,000 or something. Like the numbers are just mind-boggling and the way we were able to reach people. Anyway, that's another story. So, there is, you know, Amazing. it's not over till God says it's over. The second thing is there are stages of life. We're going to go through stages. And so often we want to settle down and be comfortable. And God says, no, that's not what you're here for. You're not here to get by and pay bills. You're here to succeed and be successful, to be a blessing to other people. And God's people in the Old Testament wanted to settle down. And he ripped them up and moved them on because when they settled down, they became disillusioned and uncomfortable and did things they shouldn't do. And he said, I want you to listen, learn and grow. I want my relationship with you to grow. I want your relationship with each other. And I want you to be a testimony to me and to reach other people and help other people. So there are stages of life. And then, you know, a few years ago I came across a couple of great verses. One was Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And God says, I'm about to do something new. And he said, I'll make a road in the wilderness and streams in the desert or rivers in the desert. So if your business is going through a tough time, God's going to create flow. If your relationship's Mm. struggling a bit, you know, if you hand it to God and you really work at it, he's going to make it happen. And he's about to do something new in our churches. Well, well, he couldn't get him to do it, so he bought, he allowed the COVID to come and we're all doing something different. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get with the program, otherwise we're not going to be here. And, uh, and even our church up here at Coffs Harbour Lifehouse, the, the different things they are doing, and I, I've, I've been really encouraged because every week they have communion on the online service, and they have a different family taking it. And it's really been fantastic. And and the, the input that's coming out of it is, is phenomenal. Some of the stuff that's coming out of it, and they get families together and their kids and they share, it's really a precious moment. And that's just one of the things that sort of, and it's, and it's created that. And, you know, uh, about oh, four years, five years ago when I finished the day-to-day work because we sold out of the business and, I've been out speaking for churches to leadership and church services and business people and trying to help uh, business people through uh, uh, a business on purpose. And I was having quiet time one afternoon and uh, and I'll probably never be invited to speak here again after this story. Um, ah. <laughs> here I am, I sort of... Wait, I'm on the mute button here, mate. I'm on the mute <laughs> button. I'm sitting there 
with the lamb, one lamb, open the Bible, and you know what we do, we pray for God to help us. So you close your eyes, and about half an hour later, I wake up and <laughs> I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> and uh, so it happened day after day. And, and then, because I got really guilty, but then I realized when I was waking up, I had all these ideas and solutions to issues that had come up for people. So I got guilty again that my mind wasn't on the word, well, so I thought. But then I realised I better write all this down because when I'm when I'm in that short break, God is speaking things to me because He can't at any other time because I'm talking all the time. So it's actually in that moment of that thirty minutes about that ideas came. In fact, I rang a guy and said I've got this idea or solution to your problem. He wasn't a Christian. He said that's fantastic. Where'd you get that from? I said you probably don't want to know. Anyway, he pressured me and I finally told him. He goes, oh. So I, I was let down then. <laughs> I thought he'd be excited. <laughs> but anyway, there are stages of life and God's going to speak into us and take us on the journey. And there's going to be people who are dream stealers and vision takers. There'll people tell you your idea or your business uh, is no good um, or your relationship is struggling, give it up, you know, stop going to church, God's not listening. You're going to hear all these, all these words coming to us and we've got to be careful. Uh, there's a story told of uh, Monty Roberts uh, the man who listens to horses, and he was in school when he was younger, and the teacher asked some elder kids to write an assignment. And he uh, he wrote an assignment that uh, he would like to have, or his dream was to ha- own a 200-acre ranch, raise thoroughbred racehorses. His teacher gave him an F when he handed it in and explained that his dream was unrealistic, that someone living on the back of a camper van uh, would never be able to accumulate enough money to buy a ranch horses and pay the salaries of ranch hands. The teacher said, look, I'll let you rewrite the assignment for a better mark. Monty said to the teacher, you keep the F and I'll keep my dream. <laughs> and I'm not telling you guys you should tell your pastor, you keep the F and I'll keep my dream. <laughs> That's good. But today Monty owns the ranch race yes. ranch hands. He That's has all great. that. So it's, you know, there are stages of life and there's going to be the wrong words that come. But, you know, we've just got to stay open to God. And then after that quiet time experience, and you still got me going, so I'm not muted, that's good. <laughs> so let me, give you the, let me give you the verse that goes with it now. That didn't come for about 12 months. <laughs> and when I read it to Sue, she said, oh, you always got to read it in the message version. So I'm going to read it in the message version. And it's this, Isaiah chapter 48, verses 6 and 7. And it's God says, I have a lot more to tell you, things you never knew existed. This isn't a variation on the same old thing. This is new, brand new, something you'd never guess or dream up. When you hear this, you won't be able to say, I knew that all along. Mm -hmm. So I now got the formula for quiet times where you get a rest (laughs) and you get a word. (laughs) I wish it worked all the time. (laughs) Number three, I better keep moving. You don't need to know everything. You see, I thought when you started business, you needed to have everything in place and know everything. Well, that became as a rude shock. I thought when you got married, you knew everything. That's an even ruder shock. (laughs) Then I came across this verse. You don't think this stuff's in the Bible. You should look it up. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. And it says, The secret things belong to God, but the things revealed to us belong to us. And what I realised, I kept asking God for more thoughts, more ideas, and the word sort of was coming, I've already shown you things you're doing nothing with. 
Mm. And unless you're going to do something with it, why do you want to hear more things? Mm, that's good. So it was a real challenge. And we often say, look, I don't have the right credentials. Well, I mean, I left school at year nine. In those days, you could with the school certificate. And, you know, I don't have any credentials or whatever. And so many people say it. And let me tell you about Benjamin Franklin. He had less than two years formal school schooling, yet he founded America's first library. At 31, he started its first fire department. At 36, he designed it a heating stove that's still in use today. At 40, he harnessed the power of electricity. At 45, he founded the nation's first university. At 79, he invented bifocals. He was an economist, philosopher, diplomat, inventor, educator, publisher, linguist who spoke and wrote in five languages. I have enough problems with English. Chances are you already had more education than he had when he was your age. And add to that the two promises, the Lord is my helper from Hebrews 13, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength from Philippians. So we have more than enough. So we've got to let go and let God. Number four, mm. uh, be a people so builder. Good. Yeah, be a people builder. We've got to be building people in our life. I have a doctor friend whose brother is jealous of his two kids. One became a doctor and he'd always wanted to be a doctor. The other became a worship songwriter and leader and singer. And uh, so he always wanted to be that. He was jealous of his kids. I've got to tell you, I'm excited when my kids do better than I can. Uh, I don't know about you. Do you get excited when other people excel? Do you get excited when someone's business flourishes? Do you get excited when someone gets a great job? Do you get excited or are you jealous or whatever? We've got to get out of that um, mentality. Good, yeah. Mm. and learn to be a people builder. There was a school, I've got a lot of stories and not enough time, but some other time if you decide. No, tell us the stories, Peter, tell us. I've got lots of stories. But there was a a school in California some years ago where the board had called two teachers in at the beginning of the year and they said we're going to do an experiment. So we've selected you you three because your your results are great. So they felt really good and they said we're going to give you the 100 carefully selected students. So they felt really good. And as you can imagine, the students just accelerated during the year. At the end, the board called them teachers in and said, congratulations. They thought they'd get this big bonus. And they said, really, congratulations, but we've got two confessions. Uh, Number one, they weren't the best 100 students. We just randomly selected them. And the second confession, you're not the three best teachers. (laughs) But because they believed... People excel. John Maxwell says, when you see your kids or your workers or your staff or those you work with, do you see jerk or idiot on their forehead or do you see 10, 10 out of 10, 10? Because people will lift, you know, up, you know, to that level. So we've got to get out there and we've got to build people. Number five, have a yes face. I put this in a lot of my talks because so often we're so miserable uh, a former president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson was travelling by horseback with a group of men. They got to a swollen river and they realised it's going to be difficult to get across. So they decided that one person on each horse might make it across. So everyone went except the president. But before they went, one guy said to the president, can I get on the back of your horse? Immediately he said yes. They got to the other side with a lot of trouble. The group said to the man, why did you ask the president for a lift? on the horse and he said on his face was yes and on all your faces were no. So people are going to go with you if you're the one who's going to be encouraging and building them up and having uh, that yes face. Uh, John Maxwell shares a great story about Krispy Kreme donuts. You know those things that uh, are really good for you when you have them by two dozen at a time. Um, Mm. Well, since he loves them, he and his wife, but after he had a triple bypass, I think for a couple of times, um, they decided they would cut down 
I didn't say cut out. <laughs> One day they'd been travelling, they were coming back and they were passing a freestanding Krispy Kreme near, near where they live. And uh, normally there's a red light on a freestanding Krispy Kreme in America that flashes when they're freshly baking, which is obviously an attraction for people. This day the light wasn't flashing, but they decided they'd treat themselves. They went in and he could see them baking the thing. So he rushed around to the front counter and he said to the girl, um, you're freshly, yes, yes. He said, but the red light's on. She said, I hardly ever turn it on because I get too busy when I turn it on. Um, so that's not someone with a yes face. Mm. And if you've got people working for you like that, if you've got people in the church working for you like that, you might need to get better people. And I've got to tell you, when I visit churches, some of the people on that front door probably did it need a personality transplant. Um, and sometimes when you ring a church, they really are doing the church a lot of favours. So sometimes you need to ring your direct line and see what happens. <laughs> Don't want to put anyone in trouble. <laughs> and you can say no to people with a yes face. When you handle things, and I've had to deal with people in advertising and Gloria Jeans, you had to let them go. You know, it's a terrible job. But at the end, they stand up and thank me. And I'm going, I've got to work out what I did. Um, but I realised it was the way you deal with them. And we're terrible at delivering bad news. Mm. Uh, in fact, on the YouTube channel, which is free, I've got a video there, is how do you review people with four questions and how to use it. It's about a seven-minute video of how do you use that. And people find that's really good in finding out how people uh, use that. Uh, number six, what's your foundation for your life? If you build it on nothing, then you're not going to have anything to fall on. And there are a number of key things here um, you know, I get some great, I get about three great devotionals every day and anyone who wants to send me a devotional that's four or five pages, it, it goes delete. <laughs> I'm just not up to it <laughs> that time of day. So there's one, um, joelosteen.com, and his stuff comes through five days a week, really good, short and encouraging. Uh, the word for today.com.au and believinginyou.com.au. Uh, and I find them really good and encouraging. You might have other ones. That's terrific. Your pastors might put out some great devotional. That's terrific. I'm just sharing what helps me. Um, you see, most, uh, a lot of, well, uh, probably, probably most, but a lot of Christian business people are guilty about being in business and are guilty about being successful. Well, that's not in God's vocabulary. If you read the Bible and you look at how he blessed people to be a testimony and to help other people, then we have every reason to be successful. And it says in Psalm 1, those that are planted will flourish. So know who you are in Christ. It doesn't say we might flourish. If you're planted, you will flourish. And that's planted in his word. That's planted in your church, planted, you know, with Christian people supporting you. And, um, you know, probably I could say a lot more around that particular one, but I'll leave it at that. Number seven, relationships. That's good. That's good. Now, we did have the McDonald's question a bit earlier. Uh, Ray Kroc um, actually did start the McDonald's as we know it, although the original McDonald's brothers, uh, they actually started McDonald's as it was. He bought it off them because they were doing nothing with it. And uh, he, he was selling them uh, the thick shake machines and he saw what a great opportunity. But anyway, that's another story. Ray Kroc said, you know, I, I believe in God, the family and McDonald's, but at work the order is reversed. Well, I've got a problem with that. Two problems. One is he's saying he's a different person at home than he is at work. So the staff don't know who turned up this morning. The family don't know who turned up tonight. It really depends on our mood. And if your business is going bad, you're going to take it home. If 
family going bad, you'll take it to work. And it does affect your business, your relationships and everything. The other problem I've got is he's really saying you've got out, got two hours on Sunday and do what he likes during the week. Mm. Uh, an early century um, evangelist preacher said we get to cl- we get as close to God as we choose. We and I add to that we give to the level we choose. We serve to the level we choose. We speak positively to the level we choose. So I just want to encourage you, you know, to build your relationships. And guys, take your date a wife out on a date. I, I spoke once to a guy in a session, a men's session once. I said, when you go home, invite your wife out for a date, but make sure she's sitting down because you'll probably faint. Um, and he, he came to me after the breakfast and said, I don't have to do that anymore because I'm now married to her. And I said, well, Ray, you're talking. You're probably going to be married long if, you, <laughs> if that's the way you think. <laughs> and learn to do things together. Um, a, part, a, a minister in, a, in the UK who I really love, Jay John, uh, he's like a short Rowan Atkinson. Um, he shared a story about how and his wife goes out for prayer walks. So when you're going out for a walk, you're going to talk, why not pray about things? And I thought, what a great idea. Uh, number eight, to finish off, close to time, is keep learning. Uh, when I was in my mid-30s, I was uh, having a quiet time, a Sunday afternoon, I remember, and I sensed God said to me, your Bible's too small. And I said, what do you mean? He said, because you're mentally crossing out chapters and verses and books that people are telling you no longer apply today. And I thought to myself, you're right. Well, of course he's right. And from (laughs) that day onwards, the Bible opened from cover to cover. Then I I happened to hear John Maxwell speaking. I think it was Hillsong Conference, and he talked about the Maxwell Leadership Bible. I thought he'd written a Bible. But it was actually, (laughs) it's actually the whole new King James Version. I actually think he's got an NIV as well. Uh, this is a hard cover. I got the soft copy. There it is. There, and it's the whole Bible. And I got one of those. And I and someone said, "Where'd you start?" I said, "Genesis one." And it took me four and a half years to get to Revelation because the commentary around this, in terms of leadership, relationships, vision, bad vision, good vision, and so I went through it all, just reading the little verses that he had in the commentary part and the commentary. When I got to the end, I started again and actually started reading the whole Bible. I've read the Bible through with this and it just opened up to me about what God has to say about everything. And so, you know, we've got to keep learning. Um, You know, in the US, 3% of people have a library card and 6% believe Elvis Presley is alive. So, you know, you can see what their priority is on learning. So learn to use your car or your van or your tractor as a university. There's so much material podcasts and stuff now we've got we've today we have so much stuff look we've got a lot of rubbish forget the rubbish there's so much other good stuff that uh you know we you know we have you know you say well i don't want to do the journey i just want to put the feet up well imagine what the world would be like if michelangelo said i don't do ceilings imagine what the world would be like if noah said i don't do boats if moses said i don't do rivers if David said, I don't do Goliaths, imagine what the world would be like if Mary said, I don't do virgin births. If John the Baptist says, I don't do baptisms. If Peter said, I don't do Gentile discipleships. Or if Paul said, I don't do letters. But imagine what the world would be like if Jesus said, I don't do crosses. So what would it be like if we don't do what God's called us to do? You see, the future is out there. We can't live in the past. We watched this very old movie 
um, a few years ago called the Gumball Rally. They race from the east to the west coast of America, no rules. Two of the stars jump in the sports car. One rips off the rear vision mirror and throws it out the back. And in my words, he says, in the Gumball Rally, there's nothing back there that will help you. The rear vision mirror is small and it distorts the pass. The windscreen is wide because that's where the future is. And that's where God wants us to live. Yeah, we learn from the past. Yeah, that's where we've got to move. We're so busy turning around, worrying about everything else, and that's where we should be going. So I could share a, a whole lot more. Um, the, that YouTube channel, which is free, we've got now over 100 videos on it, short videos. I'm just doing a series at the moment which is getting phenomenal hits of two minutes a week on leading from a distance, and I actually pinched the seven uh, headlines for the points from Brian Houston from his staff talk. I thought this is really good. I could do some <laughs> videos on this for business. And they're two-minute ones every week on uh, seven vitamin Cs. They all start with C. That's why I call them your vitamin Cs during this time and leading from a distance. But we've got things on marketing, building actionable plans, disaster recovery, how do you review staff, a lot on leadership. I've got some of the short talks from different people uh, like um, Bob Goff, uh, <laughs> who I love, <laughs> How do you handle difficult people? And he very short interview on it, which is really good. The two-minute John Maxwell's, I've got a couple of those. Anyways, a lot of stuff up there. You go to Peter Irvine Kingdom, click it, it's free, and we're posting videos all the time. So have a look at that. The Bible I'm I just, mentioned. I'm just going to drop that in the chat line there, that okay. link to the YouTube, Okay, uh, Peter. Um, the Bible, uh, I haven't been to Kurong store for a while, but they used to have them. I've got them on the website that I'll give you. Um, I brought them in. I've got about seven left because when I run out of it, it takes months to get more. Um, but unfortunately, I've got less now because they're more expensive with the Australian dollar, but we sell them less for Kurong and um, I've only got the hard cover because the, the leather ones, are, which are good for travelling with, are actually uh, way more expensive. But anyway, they're there. Uh, the website is kingdom momentum .com.au, that will help you. The other things on the website are the two books, and I've got a few books from other people on marriage, search for significance. Uh, there's a few things from other people there. So there's some things that are relevant for our time. The other thing we just released, because uh, I can't really be everywhere, we've released a, work, a workbook. We did two days workshop in uh, Hillsong Television Studio with 35 Christian business people, some wanting to start, some doing well, some struggling. We put out a workbook in the printed form and also on this USB, and the USB has 12 videos covering workshops on how to build an actionable plan, your core idea, your marketing, uh, on um, leadership, uh, sales, and getting your core idea for marketing and the template and how people do it so it actually helps you build your business. It's got the workbook that goes with it. So have a look at that. That's all on that workshop. And, in fact, am I able to share a screen? Um, Go so for it. Yeah, yeah, please do. That's the special business pack. So what I've put to, together for this group, for those who are interested, is that particular whole pack with the workbook, the two books, um, and and for postage for the same price as the actual workbook and the 12 video, uh, 12, yeah, 12 video USB, uh, you get that for all that price. So you get the bonus of the books and the postage. I've shown the Maxwell Leadership Bible there uh, as well. You won't get that anywhere near that price in Kurong because I, I want to get that into people's hands, so that's why I make it attractive because this money right. all goes into Kingdom Momentum, which is the trust anyway, ministry trust, so it doesn't come to me. 
Peter, I was, uh, uh, my ears were, you know, pricked up when you were mentioning the uh, a fire there. Oh, that's what Mary I was going to say. Oh, yes, I didn't wanna, get to that one. <laughs> yeah, do you, wanna just, yeah, do you uh, want to just tell us story. a bit about that journey? Roasted it, beans? Yes. In 2002, eight minutes past midnight on October 3, we get a call at home to say your warehouse is on fire. Well, I'm not good at that time of night. So Sue gets to the phone and she says, the warehouse is on fire. I said, thank goodness, I'm dreaming. She said, you're not. Um, and we got there. Uh, we prayed on the way there, hoping not a lot happening because we've got 92 stores open. It's our roasting plant, our training, our whole office. So we get there and there's a trickle of smoke and then suddenly it's a light and it burns for three days and burns to the ground. And, you know, after, and there's only three fire engines at this point, but it, about two hours after that, the fire chief says, you might as well go home, there's nothing you can do. But I'm standing in the car park there thinking, well, God, well, I don't know what the plan is, but you've got the plan, you birthed this. So we get home, we didn't go back to sleep. And I said to Sue, I've got to be back at 5.30 in the morning because I need to be there before the first staff, the warehouse guys arrive, just feel I should be there. So I get back at 5.30, no sleep, and I get there and I think, I said to God, well, today is going to be a different day. There's now three television news helicopters, 31 fire engines, security, a crowd, um, environmental. They blocked the main road, still don't know why. And my phone rings as I just as I get there after thinking this, and it's a courier in Newcastle. And he said, I've just picked up two new store orders yesterday. I just heard the news. I was delivering them. Um, just trying to think which of the two stores that were opening at the time. But anyway... And he said, uh, do you want me to bring it back? You're going to need the product. And I've learned a couple of things over the years. One is you don't make a decision on the spur of the moment. You make it for the future what your vision is because you, can, you might solve a temporary problem, but it only creates a bigger one. So reluctantly, I, this is all happening without any sleep. I'm going, no, deliver the product. We'll open two new stores tomorrow as a testimony. So I hang up and think, what have you done? You really need product. But I'm thinking, well, two-store orders is not enough with 92 stores. Anyway, that's all happened. About a few minutes to 6 a.m., the roasting guys arrived before the warehouse guy. They hadn't heard the news. They said, we've lost our jobs. We can't pay our mortgages. And I said, guys, it's okay. The coffee's all roasted. And they didn't laugh. <laughs> and and the cleaner arrived. I said to her, you're going to need more than what you got there. And she didn't laugh. I said, guys, work with me here. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, I rang one of our key guys that was still in bed. I said, get out, watch the news for two minutes and get here. We need to divide up the staff and get them away from here because the media's here and they're going around looking for negative people. Mm. Immediately, Channel 9 stick a camera and a mic in my face, making sure the fire's, like, really raging in the background. And she says, well, you're going to have to close. Now, the second thing I've learned over the years is is this a news item or is it a fireside chat? Well, it's a fireside chat, but it's actually a news item. <laughs> it's not a long thing. And if you speak too long, they cut the news for their story. So you only give them 10 seconds. And she shoves a the mic there with a fire ray. You're going to have to close. I said, no. All I said was, no, we're opening two new stores tomorrow. That's all I said. That went out across the news everywhere instantly. It sent a message to everyone we weren't going anywhere. Inside, i got no idea. But mm. God's got the vision and the plan. And that was October 3. By Christmas, we'd opened another 30 new stores. Um, we started working and having the right people. Our, our staff worked with us around the clock. They came to our home 6.30 every morning 
Uh, we had the fax in the bedroom next door working overnight from the US trying to fly product in. And I learned a lot about insurance. I learned a lot about people, having the right people. I've learned a lot about a disaster recovery plan. Everyone said, where was your plan? Where was it in writing? I said, well, <laughs> it's all up here. <laughs> you go into immediate action because in advertising, everything's urgent, so you were operating at that level all the time. But it was the staff and the franchisees and our suppliers and building relationship with suppliers was terrific because they all said, we, we will keep supplying you. We know you'll pay us one day. Oh, and then we got the banks involved and they kept funding us and so the whole thing continued on. So we continued to, to grow. We had to – so we operated out of my home, my neighbour's home. Uh, the other family that was in the business, uh, they were in the coffee-growing regions. They got back to Australia three days later and worked from their home. And we slowly rebuilt the business and we, had, we, we managed to have green coffee beans stored elsewhere. My partner knew somewhere that had a coffee roaster that we could send our guys, bust them there an hour and a half every day there and then another hour and a half back for six months. Within three days, we were able to supply, start supplying roasted coffee beans. And we got people to share around the country. I got on the plane and started visiting franchisees in groups in each state. So they all knew we were alive and happening inside. It was really had to be God's plan because I'd run out of things to do and, you know, and so on. So we, we kept going and the place kept growing and then went on from there. There's a lot of lessons wow. learned. Amazing, that. Peter. Yeah. Inspiring. Yeah, so good. Well, um, yeah, thanks so much. It's really, really great. I actually would like to um, just have an opportunity if people wanted to ask a question. I know it's kind of, it's nearly nine, so if people needed to go, then that's fine. And um, thanks so much for being here. In fact, I wanted to check first if anyone would like a copy of this book can you put your hand up and uh okay there's a few people there but um i'm gonna i'm gonna send it to uh steve because he's shared this morning i think that was very kind of him to share about his his business but uh make sure you get hold of some of that resource and i know um rowan over here is actually doing one of those courses the yeah, rowan, on purpose. Yeah. Hi there. Yeah. i was going to mention that early when i saw your name but so you don't get to ask any question. You get to ask yours at other time. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. so, yeah, any questions? You can you can bow out if you wanted to, guys, if you got to mow the lawn or something. I know it's a sunny day. But uh, anyone have any questions for Peter? Yeah, um, Peter Graham Irwin here. Peter, um, just that story about the fire. I'm just interested to know the difference between the business before the fire and the business after the fire, you know, um, God always does something amazing through a crisis. So just be interested in you simply unpacking that a little bit. Yes, because we got to 92 stores and our roasting facility was small and almost, you know how you add on and add on. And with all that gone through insurance, all got replaced, but we put in, it was like a one-bag roaster. You don't know what that means, but we ended up then buying a four-bag roaster and then had two of them. Um, and if we'd stayed with, if we still had that, we would not have been able to grow to over 400 stores in Australia then mm. then go to 39 countries around the world with a 1,000 stores. The mm. facility <laughs> was not not up to that. So out of that alone... Uh, came uh, a whole new facility 
mm. just simply in, in being able to supply in that area and a whole lot of other uh, big, and, and that growth gave us volume to be able, because we were three months away from nearly manufacturing, getting all our products manufactured in Australia. Mm. And we had to put slow that up because uh, we didn't have the volume until we could build up you know, again the volume to be able to get to the stage because you get a volume to get the right pricing. Um, so there was that came out out of that. Um, uh, the brand, if we weren't known by most people, we were by the, the fire. In fact, I said to the marketing guy, it was a great marketing campaign, but don't ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fabulous testimony. Yeah, that's mm. a yeah, yeah. I think so, God always has the plan. I, I just wish He'd show it to me a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any other questions, guys? Yeah, I've got one, Peter. I love how much focus you you placed on um, who you look to for advice, and I just had a question on, or any thoughts based on your experience in discerning between what is helpful and unhelpful advice, even when it's delivered from, say, somebody you trust or admire. Just that discernment. Yeah, a couple of thoughts here, and and this is really important. Firstly, for business people, but it does actually apply in relationships and and in your faith walk, is whatever. Is um, I say to business people, yes, get advice, uh, depending what you need advice on from accountants or lawyers or or others. But number one, be careful of listening to too many voices, because we get confused or we try to make a fruit salad decision out of it. Yeah. Uh, second. Um, we then defer our responsibility of making a decision to someone else. Um, and I used to do that a lot in advertising <laughs> till I learnt that the buck stops with me and I've got to make a decision. So I get all the advice and I'll give you an example in Gloria Jeans. I spoke to our lawyers once and said, I've got this issue. I want to know the scenarios and the consequences. So he gave me the three uh, ways of handling it and the consequences. He said, I would recommend this one. I said, well, I'm doing that. I'm doing this one but I've warned you what the consequences are. I said, yeah, I know the consequences. I can make the decision now, knowing what the potential consequences could be out of that. But I made it because I got input. Now, in terms of uh, a lot of people and well-recognised people with input, and um, (laughs) here we go again. I will not probably be invited after this one. But in my advertising days, I used to say, God, I just want to make the right decisions, what you want. I need three confirmations. And <laughs> Stu's looking at me. No, no, preach it, brother, preach it. I love a conversation. But I used to find that I'd sit in church and something would, and it might not have been related in, in the theme of the message, but something would be so loud and clear come through to do with that. I might be listening uh, back then to the radio and something would come out and then someone would mention it. was like three confirmation, I, totally from there as I weren't expecting because I th- thought I'd sit down and God will give me three. <laughs> And then all these years, I've sort of worried whether how biblical it is. And then I was preaching in America on um, Gideon, and he asked twice about the fleece, putting the fleece out right, yeah. on the ground, and none on the fleece, and then on the fleece and not on the ground. And I was preaching. I realised it was actually a third one confirmation that he actually got. So I stopped there and said, "Look, I've always had this story about three confirmations. I've just got the, I've now got the passage <laughs> to support us. <laughs> so I'm hanging on to that. Got to be careful of doing that, by the way." <laughs> um, well, I'm from the Anglican Church, so confirmations are a bit different over there. You know? Yeah, I know. Well, that's where I came. Three from confirmations, too. Hallelujah. Yeah, you have one that's good enough. <laughs> um, so, I, I, so I like 
I'm just, I just believe God will guide and lead. And the other thing is some people won't start until they've got some affinity. But I, I, I says, what are you passionate about? Is it contrary to what God's character or his word? Then I'd be careful. But if it's not, you start moving. Now, when you're on a push bike and you're, you're sitting on it and nothing's happening, you fall off. But when you're moving, you can direct it. And as you're slowly moving and listening and you're in the right place for God to speak to you, you know, he can guide you, he can guide the bike to where, where it needs to go. But it all goes back to um, a vision and on those YouTube videos, have a look on, on Series 2, 10 and 11, it talks about getting a vision and the workbook shows how to work it out, how to get a vision and a mission. Everyone says, well, why do you have that? Because without a vision, people perish. Or mm. focus, Proverbs says, and Habakkuk says, get it clear, write it down and speak it out. But be careful who you speak it to because you've always got those dream stealers and vision takers. So you always go back to that. Is this going to help me move towards this vision or idea or business idea God's birth? Is that going to help me? There's always good things come along that aren't going to help you get there. Yeah. Is that sort of helpful? Yeah, good question, Mark. Um, I can see a hand raised there from Chris Bathgate. Oh, maybe Britain. Chris B, there's too many Bs. Chris, did you want to ask a question? No. All right, we'll go over to um, Luke. Is it? How are you going, Peter? Good. Um, that was really great this morning. Really appreciated all of your insight there. It was really, really cool. And uh, secondly, I'm very good friends with your son, Ben, so good work there as well. Oh, good. Um, I'm intrigued uh, just by, like, and I've thought about this a lot because, as I said, I'm friend, good friends with Ben, so, you know, we've sort of spoken about this stuff before. But just like when you talk about the volume of stores that you guys were able to open and then, like, I, just when you talk about so much about, um, you know, having the right people and all that type of thing, like, it just, I'm just intrigued how you manage to keep consistency when, you have, when you're just putting so much, so much stuff out there that you can't control in the sense of, all those stores, then in each of those stores, there's all of those staff. How do you, I mean, you live and die by your reputation, right? And that was, it's funny that we talked about the McDonald's um, situation because in that movie, The Founder, like, you know, that's the whole situation with the McDonald's um, situation that had restaurants all over the place. But everyone who owned a restaurant thought they had a better idea than the owners and that every store was doing their own thing. I'm just intrigued how you maintain consistency of your brand. A, with each of your franchisees and then with those staff members, it just feels like there's just so much room for error. There's so much room for stuff to go wrong. How do you keep it consistent? How on earth does that happen? Yeah, you're yeah. right. You hit every nail on the head <laughs> in terms of that. And, and you know, it, it can even apply to churches if you take C3 and you take uh, Hillsong with the amount of campuses, not just in Australia, around the world, and you guys have got two, so how do you maintain um, it's easy, I'm not saying they do, if someone's on here, but another campus can easily get off track uh, without that. But when you're getting... No, you're doing well, Phil. Don't worry, mate. You're doing well. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. You've just saved me. Um, <laughs> the, so um, there's, there's a lot around this sort of thing, but and we didn't always get it right, but here's a few tips, and I, I do also share this on the YouTube video as well, one of them. Um, I did that because it's a bit of a library people can use for no cost and help in a whole lot of subjects. Um, one of the things we did, and we didn't do it uh, that much in advertising, so we ended up with a lot of rat bags, 
um, but you do anyway in advertising, <laughs> trying to manage, uh, it's like wrestling an octopus working in an advertising agency. But anyway, uh, with, uh, with new franchisees or those inquiring and staff, we always shared the vision and the mission and the values of the company. And you look at them and if they roll their eyes, particularly when you get to the values, you don't hire them because it means they're not engaged and you're going to find out sooner or later and then it's a whole lot of hassle to work, <laughs> to sort through it. So I, I had two guys, senior guys applied for jobs. They emailed the next day and said, we don't want to join your company. We don't believe in your values. The staff, a couple of staff, key staff were really upset. I said, isn't it fantastic? We found out they're not going to be rowing in the same boat as us. When we did that, now you've got to understand, we tried to portray the business as a family business and some franchisees came on because they loved that but then they started screaming and yelling at us when they got their stores and had to go and see them and say, what's the issue? And realised in their family, family is screaming and yelling at each other. Mm. So people's interpretation of your yeah. words uh, can be, you know, can be, can get you into trouble as well. So you've got to be very careful, um, not, not use the words, but just making sure they understand, you know, what it is all about. I learned a lot from uh, Peter Ritchie who ran McDonald's in Australia for many years about just going and visiting stores and talking with franchisees, not with an agenda. And I could always pick up issues and get them addressed before they became major issues. When I stepped out of the day-to-day, -day, we brought in an MD. The board felt the guy was pretty good, had a lot of experience, um, turned out to be an absolute disaster because he viewed any disagreement from a franchisee was all, you take legal action. And I had to go in and say, no, 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 these things are dead easy to fix. He just didn't want to get on a plane and go and fix them or confront them. I don't think he wanted to see people. So we had to, as a board, get rid of him. And so it's all about how you interview your expectation. And when I, you know, with staff, it's you've got to be careful questions you ask these days under the laws. Mm. But there's ways of asking them as you leave. As they leave the interview, you're walking out and say, oh, out of interest, what do you do? on the weekend in advertising, if they said, sorry, Stu, if they went snow skiing or clubbing, I never hired them because in winter I never saw them. They'd want to leave early Friday. They're going to be back in Monday. They didn't get into late. They're absolutely knackered because they hardly had any sleep in the snow field. And then they wanted to go the next Friday. I had got any work out of them. And if they were clubbing, they looked like they'd been in a, in a, in a rugby scrum the next morning. <laughs> they came in. I mean, I... You know, there's nothing against, you know, but you just learn certain things people do just don't work in certain businesses and advertising is full on 100 miles an hour all the time. There's there's no time for lagging, you know, around and you can't have someone dragging the chain. So in, in Glory Jeans, there was less that issue because of where we were based in terms of the head office. But you're still looking for signs from people uh, and in... In resumes, I only take about 5% interest in them. Uh, I don't, I'm not interested in friends or family who want to give references because you'd hope they're going to give you a good one. And secondly, if they've had a job every six months, you've got a problem because either they're found out or they get sick of you and think mm -hmm. they should be running the company. So there's a few traits that come out in these things that I look for. Hmm. Well, that's so, just a snapshot. Yeah, no, yeah. It, must be, it must be a gigantic, I'm sure you could talk about that for weeks. It's just... Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to cover as much as this stuff on those little video, short videos on a lot of subjects. Um, uh, it's just there's so much. Uh, you learn, yeah. you keep learning. I mean, I make, I still make mistakes. Probably I stopped interviewing in Gloria Jeans. Uh, my partner wanted to 
interview everyone, no matter who it was. I tried to stop him um, because he was terrible. As soon as they mentioned they had any, they go to any church, even if they're only once a year, they were hired because <laughs> uh, his view, anyone as a Christian or whatever, is in. And I've got to tell you, we had some shockers who were Christians. Uh, they felt we owed them a living. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I just much rather the person who can get the job done. And we saw franchisees, uh, shop fitters, suppliers, staff become Christians over the years. Mm, quite a few right. time just from the witness, not preaching. Um, so I, I stopped interviewing because I have a problem. I believe in everyone. All right. Um, any anyone? Else? One more question. Can we have one more question? Steve had one, I think. Steve Benny. Yeah, Steve, go on. Yeah, so I'm just interested to know your sort of when you're building this business, Gloria Jeans, what was your investment horizon? Um, was it, I know advertising is fairly fast, so you want to re, you re, return on your investment quite quickly. When you're in a farm, uh, a church or a school, your investment horizon, I, I felt is, you know, I feel is quite long because you've got family and whatever else. When you're building the business, what was your sort of, was it a, a build quick and then uh, sell down for cash in the back of your head? Or was it, what was the, what was the driver for your <laughs> massive growth and how did that affect your sort of fast well, escalation? Th there were different Steve. reasons for different times. When we started as the two families, we sat down and said it'd be good to have this business that could last us the rest of our life. We'll just grow it and eventually we won't work day to day. We'll put other people in and we just come in as we need to and we can do the ministry things and whatever else. But... On the journey, as things get harder and harder, you're not making the money, you know, because a lot more investment has to go in it. Uh, you have some bad decisions um, and it costs money. But you just you either decide you're in or you're not, and this is either God's business or it's not. So we decided, we both decided to keep going. Uh, about, I don't know, it could be 12, 13 years in, I sensed God was leading me out of the day-to-day. -day. At that point, I said to my partner, God's leading me out in, to speak in the business world, to reach the business world. So I need to pull out from the day-to-day -day and we put an MD in, um, which was a different one than the one we had problems with. And um, the problem was he started to get more and more involved and become to micromanage the business. And when you've got that many stores and what you're doing, you can't micromanage it. It all became stalemate in terms of decisions. And much as I talked to him about it, he said, yes, 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 but he couldn't. It was in his, in his psyche, I think. Anyway, so uh, Sue and I felt, well, it's probably time to sell and move on and then use the money to invest and create income for the kingdom, which we eventually did. When, but it took years to do that, to build it to a stage where it was worth it enough for someone to pay a reasonable amount and so we could pay all the debts off to the bank. Um, so that took a few years, but eventually it happened. We did have a buyer, some Christians from Singapore, but they ended up mucking us around so much that we withdrew it and um, after nine months. And then another company, RFG, came along who really wanted the brand, the roasting capability, everything. Mind you, they've done their best to screw it up since then. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, and But they bought it, paid a huge price for it, which meant we were able to set funds up for the kingdom, which is really what we wanted to do in the first place about the business. But we did it. Totally different, got out a totally different plan that we than we had to do it. So yes, we started out. We weren't going to sell it. It was just going to be there forever to a point where 
that didn't seem to be where God was taking it through maybe he created a restlessness. You know how I said earlier that we want to settle down, get comfortable and and do all that? And he goes, no, um, you know, I've got plans for you. And I've, he's reminded me many times, uh, you're not going to drift off over the horizon till the day you die. All you're going to do is you're going to be taking up a seat on this planet. You're here. You've learned a lot, a lot of mistakes. You've learned a lot, and I want you to use that to help particularly Christian business people. So mm. I guess that's my mandate till the day I die. Yeah, so good. That's why we're trying to create all these resources to help people. Yeah. Brilliant, Peter. So good. Yeah, why don't we put our hands together for um, Peter and and we really appreciate you just giving this time this morning and tuning in from Sawtell. Um, but it's also been really just great to have a room full of these guys and I looking around the room, the Zoom room, what a uh, honour it is to kind of be working together in the kingdom and um, this has just been so good this morning and uh, I love what all you guys are doing. Um, I'm just going to pray and um, actually, Graham, it would be great if you could pray after me, could you? And, uh, and then we'll... Won't your prayer be good enough? No, I need double. We need double prayer. I feel like we need double prayer at the moment. So, okay. Um, yeah, you can just tick complex. off all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, God, we just really thank you for this morning. We just pr- really pray a continued blessing on Peter. I thank you for him and just all that he's doing for your kingdom, God, and the way that he's listening to you and just being obedient to you and um, how you just continue to open doors and uh, see uh, so many people impacted by that. And uh, just bless him and his family, Lord. We thank you for each person in this room, Lord, and the visions and the dreams that you've put in their hearts and for their families. And, Lord, we just really pray that you would just go before us, give us wisdom and discernment, that we wouldn't be doing things our way, but we'd be doing things your way, Father, in Jesus' name. And, uh, Father, we just continue to pray that um, that you will take us on the, the journey. We open ourselves to the journey that you want to take us on to, whether we're in business or whether we're in some other uh, work or profession. Father, you have a journey for us. You have purposes for us. You have kingdom purposes for us. And, Father, we open ourselves to those purposes. Father, from Peter's talk today, we pray that we might be inspired to be the men that you're calling us to be in every domain of our lives, in our personal lives, in our family lives, with our uh, most important relationships and in business and in work that we can be uh, like Daniel and have an excellent spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.